Welcome back to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, which is really a division of Silver Birch Ranch. And I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Dr. Tim Durkee. And uh, I think that uh, Tim is somebody who's experienced in a lot of different areas, uh, both in teaching and in medicine. He's got his doctorate degree, and he works at... uh, Silverbird Tranch is our chairman of the board right now, so he's on our board. So he knows how to deal with people that are serving and in service and loves young people and wants them to, to know God, be healthy both physically and spiritually. And uh, Tim, I know you're dedicated to young people, and I know you want them to, to live the way that they were intended to live. So here's the question I got to ask a doctor. Is there a way God intended us to live? I mean, with all today, what I'm hearing is things like, oh, you can choose your own gender, and this doesn't matter, and that doesn't matter. Is there a way that God intended us to live? And, I mean, I don't even know how you as a doctor can deal with all that stuff when people come in and say, you know, I'm a girl, but I'm not. I'm a boy now, and whatever it might be. What? Give me your thoughts and your candid thoughts on that. Or people that are listening saying, I don't even know scientifically what's going on anymore because somehow this sounds acceptable in the community of science even at this point. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, the, well, from a physical point of view, the, you know, the, the human body, you know, certainly has, you know, a des, a des, the design, the designer made a design. And so the things that, um, as far as taking care of your body physically, yeah, I mean, we we pour all kinds of uh, bad chemicals into it. We don't exercise it. We don't take care of it properly. We eat a lot of stuff that we shouldn't eat. We don't sleep. We uh, our eyeballs are glued to LED screens, which aren't necessarily good for our eyes. So yeah, we have we have some cultural things that you know we certainly you know could work on. Um, yeah, but I you know I. I Actually, um, I struggle with this, you know, pick your gender. Um, and I'm always fascinated with, you know, you have, you know, a nine-year-old who says, well, I'm a boy now. And, and then the, the troops rally around the nine-year-old and say you got to respect their choices. But we don't give the nine-year-old a set of keys and have him drive a car. Right. The nine-year-old does not vote. We don't let the nine-year-old drink alcohol. We restrict the nine-year-old at, at curfew. But if if the nine-year-old is is has all this ability, you know, to choose their own gender, why can't they drive a car? I mean, why why do we do that? The reason why we do that is because nine-year-olds have mental processes as they develop and, and as they develop, and they need to be guided and shepherded. And we teach young kids, you know, about, you know, things like that and what gender is. And, and no, uh, there are boys and there are girls and, and whatever it is. I understand people, you know, adults when they struggle with these. And, you know, not that long ago, uh, these were psychiatric disorders and these were treated and people were helped. And, um, and there was some success to that. All of a sudden... I don't know where medical evidence changed, but all of a sudden these are not psychiatric uh, challenges, but these are you know just a norm. And I don't know what what happened to do that. I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't attempt to really go th- 
to go into how that was decided. But the challenge for the the casual listener or the the, the person who who's taking a look at culture is, you know, where where did that come where where did that come from? Why all of a sudden is this normal when not that long ago this was considered a psychiatric disorder? What changed? What why did we do that? Um, did we get smarter or did we get dumber? Um, is it is it out of convenience that that we, you know we want to follow the narrative kind of like we want to follow the chorus in a in a Greek play, so that you know the voices are numerous and so okay this is this is what we're supposed to believe so this is this is how we're going to treat patients. Medicine is guided by medically based evidence. It's interestingly some of these folks um, you know they even after they you know they, they transition they struggle. It's a horrible. You know, as a physician, I feel for these people. It's a horrible conflict in their brain when they they think, you know, they they think they are physically one thing and they think they are another or or whatever it is. And um, but in my in my opinion, you know, the, this you know, you know, boys, you know, physically and genetically, boys deeming that they are girls. I'm I'm not so sure. I don't. That's not correct. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a couple of questions. You know, first of all, like just perspective wise, I remember as a teacher a couple of years ago, I was I was looking up all of the um, psychology psychiatrist stuff on narcissism, and then all of a sudden it all changed because now narcissism narcissism was no longer a disorder; it was a normality, and so you know it was something that no, we lo- we no longer looked at as a problem, and I'm thinking, okay, this describes the book of uh, judges here to me where each man does what's right in their own eyes and we're already in trouble and now we have these other things. Let me ask you in a medical sense, not, not in a psychological sense or anything, when does the gender get determined between a boy or a girl? When does that actually take place? Well, it, it gets determined at uh, fertilization. You know, the, a, a sperm carries... The, a sperm carries an either X or Y chromosome, and it unites with an egg that only can have an X chromosome. And the, the combination, if it's 2X, you have a female. If an XY, you have a male. Now, there are some chromosomal abnormalities where you can have one X chromosome and no X or Y or an X chromosome and two Ys. There are different syndromes that occur. But basically, apart from that, it's yeah, it's determinate physical. Fertilization and and that the what the medical norm is two X, or an X and a Y. So now when they develop in the womb, uh, do the two X and the X and the Y do they do they develop differently because of the gender? Well, yeah, genitalia develop differently. They're um, interestingly, depending if, if if patients have certain hormonal exposures, it can affect behaviors of. Uh, infants after birth that that's been sort of alluded to but in general um yeah the the genitalia form and and then they're they're born and we identify their gender you know based upon uh genitalia now we actually we do a lot of pre uh birth uh genetics and so patients now know the sex of their babies but well before they're born but um, yeah, so that's that's so that, that's determined. I mean, it, right. it's basically determined, and and that's science that tells us no. This is what we discovered. Science is actually observing what really happens, and that that's really what happens. 
And gender has never been about what I feel about myself. I mean, when I think that uh, young adolescent children might be able to say, this is how I feel today, I, I work with kids all my life, and adolescent young people at times are confused about life. They're confused about what they think. They're confused about what they feel. And we need to understand this is the time, as you said, that they need guidance. Not, not the time we say, why don't you learn how to you know, fly a fighter plane and, and join the, the Air Force or something. So I, I think it's important to understand that from my theological Bible background, along with Tim's medical, I'm saying there's a way God meant it to be. What you yeah. got to do is you got to try and figure out how did you mean it to be and get in line with it. Because if I'm going to live apart from the way it's meant to be, I'll never be okay. I mean, I meant there are certain things medically that I'm meant to do. You know, I am meant to breathe air, I believe. So if I go underwater, I got to do something about it because I can't go underwater and just say, I've decided I'm going to breathe water. You know, I mean, you, you don't do those things. And likewise, I think it makes no sense whatsoever for us to say, I'm not satisfied with the way it's meant to be, so I'm going to tell you it's not the way it's meant to be, even though there is a way it's meant to be. I, I, I have to be a fool to do that. And I, yeah. I think, I pity you doctors for having to have to deal with it in well, the, the first place. The, the, this goes back to the, to the earlier point when we have these folks who, who suffer from this, uh, you know, this misidentity in their gender and, and what, they're, what they're struggling with. Um, and we said, um, uh, you know, when did it become a, a malady and now normality? So years ago, it was not normal. Now it's normal. And that the challenge is to always think foundationally. And so when these people are claiming, you know, I this is the gender that I am, we, when we go back and think foundationally, you have to ask the question, when did belief become reality? Because belief is not always reality. But, but now it seems like we, we take a step back and basically look at some, well, that's what they believe, then that's reality. And then we have this new phrase that, that I, I really, really like hearing is, well, they're finding their truth. Oh, man. Well, I don't know what their truth is. I know what truth is, and truth can be known and discovered, but I didn't know that there were versions of truth. And so when we have people whose belief is assigned reality and they get to have their truth, then we don't think foundationally anymore. And then, as you say, then we people just do whatever's in their own eyes and, and whatever they do is right. And so we, we come, there is no ethic, there is no standard, there isn't anything. It's just what everybody believes. So in essence, if somebody, if somebody believes they're a poodle, based upon the same reasoning that, that folks use, then the person has to be a poodle because yeah. their their belief is their reality. It is their truth. I, mean, I know I'm being sarcastic to, to Well, you are because point. I'm not in your field, but I think, you know, when somebody starts listing off multiple different genders, which I don't even understand what that means, uh, you know, not just male or female, but then there's X amount of other genders, which now I'm totally like, are you kidding me? This is... Here, here's my little simple theory. When it gets so complicated that you're confused, it's not of God. You know, I mean, it, God makes things very simple. It's like in the beginning, God. 
And what did he do? He created. Well, how did he create? He created man and woman. He created them to do what? Well, women give birth, men don't. That, that's how that works. And, and he made them different and made them to actually accomplish that. One of the things I've realized as I teach kids is I have to teach them that different is good and different isn't better or worse. You know, so, so if you're a, a female, you're different than a male, but that doesn't make you better and it doesn't make you worse. It makes you different. And yeah. you have to embrace the difference. It, the difference is fine. Likewise, for people from other countries, people who are short are different than people who are tall. You know, okay, they're different. So you might say, well, we always want to make what we are better. Go ahead. It's just it's not. It's different. And then I love the, the biblical teaching of the body of Christ. You know, my elbow is different than my knee, which is different than my ankle. And to go and say, well, my elbow is better than my knee or better than my ankle is, is actually ludicrous because you want them all to function the way they were meant to function and enjoy that. And I think we're, because we're, we don't teach the Bible and these principles to people, they're missing out on the wonder of being able to be who they are, male or female, and be who they are and enjoy who they are and not try to make it better than somebody else or, or change it into something it's not. And uh, I, I think somehow we got to get better at that in both medicine, biblical teaching, school, uh, whatever it might be, because the kids are confused, and confused kids act confused. Well, they're confused. We, you know, we, we've, you and I have talked before on this. I mean, we live in a post-truth world, and the result of a post-truth world, and it definitely is a post-truth world, and, and uh, the result and result of that is confusion. People don't know what to believe. They don't know who to believe. That nothing is true. They don't think foundationally. People don't go to root cause or foundational type thinking. And all that's left is confusion. And, you know, I would, you know, I'd hate to be a young person growing up in this day and age. I mean, I, I'll give you an example of in, in kind of an odd encounter. I had a patient who claimed that they were non binary, but then claim that they want to transition to a male. And I said, you know, I wanted to say to this person, I can't because I, my obligation is to, is to, is to help this person and, and navigate these waters as best we can medically. Um, but, um, I want to ask, I mean, if, if you're non-binary, how, what, I thought there was no male. Right. So it, I mean, even this individual was confused as to consistency in what they believed about themselves and terminology, and I and I'm not faulting I'm not faulting the individual. I'm not faulting this person at all. But again, this goes back to this. It's a horrible position to be in when uh, somebody, a patient, is conf- is is this confused, and I get. I get it, but they're confused because they're not thinking foundationally. Um, they're not thinking man, woman. They're not thinking God's intent. And, and there is no reason that a Christian needs to retreat from that. I believe that God created men and women, and this is the design, and this is the way it's supposed to be, and this is truth. It's, you know, it's my it's objective, um, reliable, absolute truth, and that's what we believe as Christians that the the Bible offers. And if somebody doesn't want to believe that, that's fine. And I guess if they if if they think I'm crazy and a lunatic, that's that's fine too. But that's their belief. 
It's not reality because I, I don't think God made a mistake. I do think God created. I do think the Bible is true. And I won't, I'm not going to retreat from that. But I, you know, but I will try as best I can to engage people in a meaningful conversation to express those beliefs and, and, and dialogue in the hopes of them, you know, realizing that without that, without norms, without virtue and ethic, without absolute uh, truth, objective truth, um, our culture disintegrates. And history has proven this over and over again, that, that once you take away um, uh, these, the, a sense of truth and what truth is and a, and a seeking of truth, we degenerate into mayhem. And, right. and nobody knows you know, what's true, what's not true, who to believe, what not to believe. And, and we just stumble around and we become great pretenders. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I love talking with you. you. You come through a science channel. You come through a medical teaching channel. I, I really come from teaching kids channel. But the things I keep saying is the same. I keep just telling them there's a way it's meant to be marriage. Marriage between one man, one woman, where you commit to each other for life. That's the way God intended it. it. When you live in that kind of relationship, it makes a huge difference to everyone that follows you and your family. And the best thing I can do for my children is to love my wife and care for her and be, okay, now it's like, okay, but you're saying that's right? I am saying that's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's the way it was intended to be. You say, well, I believe that, again, you go back, you can believe whatever you want to believe. And, and once again, I would challenge them the way you did medically the only reason that you believe, I mean, the only reason you're saying it's true is because you believe in it. So your belief now becomes the basis of all your truth. And you can believe the moon is made out of cheese and it, you know, I don't know. I've never been to the moon. I, I think it's not made out of cheese. I think they brought some rocks back and some other things. So the bottom line really is my belief system isn't worthy of me saying because I believe something, it's absolute. And whether it be marriage, whether it be gender, whether it be all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, you look at it and say, look, here's things that are the way they're meant to be, so we need to adjust to them. And medically, it'd be the same way. I mean, your blood flows a certain way. There are certain principles, you know, whatever it might be. There are certain things you know for sure you can look at and say, here's, here's what we have to correct. And I think our culture can get there if they would open the Bible again and say, here's the things that are off base now we need to correct. Otherwise, we're going to live in a world where each man does what's right in their own eyes and, and we're in trouble. Um, one of the f uh, words I think that has been used this last couple of years maybe that's driving me nuts is people say, well, science says. <laughs> is that something, is it driving you as nuts as it is me? Because I, I don't know even what that means anymore. Yeah, follow the science is, is turned into a kind of a, a pol it's a political statement now. It's, it's lost its meaning. The interesting thing about Science is sometimes science as as science's its knowledge is evolving may go in two different directions. There's also a funny phrase that people will use, and, and again, it's usually political, and and politics has interjected itself into all kinds of areas that it doesn't belong. So people will say settled science. Well, there's I, I have a PhD too, you know, in addition to my medical degree. There's no such thing as settled science. Scientists always explore things. There's guys still debating the speed of light. Why? Because that's what they do. That's what a scientist does. They re-explore, they challenge, they, they, they try to 
uh, you know, come to what is true. The end result of science is to discover what is true, what is reliable. And so when you have politicians use the phrase, follow the science, they're manipulating truth. Right. They're not. And, 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 and at the end, what we saw in our culture is people can, they don't know what to believe. And if there's any evidence of a post-truth culture, it's what we did to COVID. It's we took a disease and we played political games with it in the United States and nobody knows what to believe. And, You're right. And, we're, and there, people are stumbling around. Is the vaccine safe? Is it not safe? You know, is COVID, what's, you know, what's the lethality of COVID? Is, does it really kill? Does it not? I mean, you have, you know, you have an NIH director who now it appears that, you know, we, we didn't we didn't support that research. Now we do support that. Re- and and the average listener, somebody who flips on the news and tries to figure out what's true, they don't know what to believe. And so you have you have parents now who they're looking at a vaccine and say, should my children be vaccinated? You have the CDC saying one thing and you have somebody else saying something else. And it's because we've gotten away from really focusing on thinking foundationally and thinking truthfully. There is has to be an impatience sometimes with science because, I mean, this thing only happened a, a year and a half ago. And so we as a culture, when something is new, there, there has to be a patience with that. But within that, scientists and physicians um, need to need to be be honest with what they're what they're portraying. I mean, we had infectious disease scientists out uh, and out of other institutions that were offering different opinions, but they were shouted down by the chorus. And the, why were they shouted down? Is because they were they were they were challenging the political narrative of of, of attempts to embarrass a sitting president. And so we so. People's motivation now is, is is in question, but the end result is they play games with truth. And so now, look, you know, and the average casual observer has to take a step back and think, okay, this COVID business, what really went on? Right. And it was a bunch of people uh, fighting with each other, trying to, you know, one-up each other, and truth got lost. And so... A, it, this is what was happening all over the place within our culture. What what's true? What's not true? Who do we believe? What's reliable? And um, I can't think of anything uh, in a culture that causes despair and tension as a culture that jettisons uh, truth. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because as I think about it, and I'm not medical. If I want a medical opinion, I'll come to you or somebody that actually <laughs> knows it. But the bottom line really is, I don't, I really don't know anything that's right when it comes to COVID, because as I as I hear reports about anything, and I think sometimes people that are conservative like myself, they go off the bandwagon on the other side and say, you know, whoever's tried to develop the the vaccine is a communist and trying to kill everybody, and and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, where's your evidence of that? Well, you you have the same evidence as somebody who says. You know, get the vaccine and science says, you're saying science doesn't say. What happens eventually is, I don't know, I'll do what I want because I have no idea yeah. what the truth is anymore. And it, when you, you get to that position, you're paralyzed because you don't know what to do because you don't know anything. 
But if you pretend to know something, you know, then you act on things, but you, you're pretending. You yeah. don't know that. You know, I, I have no idea. I told the students up here at the Nicolay Bible Institute, they, they were talking about the vaccine. I said, well, I'm 65 years old. I've never been an anti-vaxxer, just so you know. I grew up at a time where my dad's best friend died of polio. And the polio vaccine came out and changed the world as far as we were concerned. So you're not going to get me to bash vaccines. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Now, with that said, do I think that this vaccine is safe? Or, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just telling you, don't bash vaccines to me because I'm yeah. somebody who actually saw something work. And, uh, and I'm not against all vaccines. Uh, and I really don't know. The honest truth is, if I weigh all the stuff that I know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So if you want to get the vaccine, fine, get it. If you don't want to, fine, don't get it. Either way, I'll give you a hug. And then I'll wash my hands, you know, whatever it might be, because yeah. I, I don't know what to do beyond that. Well, the, the, there's somebody uh, a lot smarter than me once said that lies have short legs in science, meaning, you know, with time, it all gets found out things that the truth eventually with the honest pursuit of science the the truth generally comes out because that's what scientists that's the purity in in a sense of science and you know god created a, a great world he created all kinds of cool stuff that we can explore and discover and analyze and and i think it was intentional i think god you know did that he hey have have fun with this go, you know go mix stuff in test tubes but I think in the end, when it when it when it comes to that, uh, you know that again we're really new in this. But in the end, the you know truths will come out, and and I think I I hope the culture takes a step back and basically says, you know, we were lied to uh, about certain things, and things were exaggerated, and things were misrepresented, and we need to start thinking back foundationally we need to start thinking about truth and we need to look at people who are uh, members of this post-truth world uh, who try to manipulate things we need to turn them off and um, and not and not watch this I, I think you know I, my understanding is now there there is somewhat of a backlash against you know social media and news organizations now because of them playing with truth yeah. And um, so, well, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens and what what transpires with this. You know, it was a horrible, you know, it was a horrible disease and a horrible, you know, it had a horrible effect. And um, but I think our our as a as a culture. Well, and I, I know not everybody was responsible for this, but elements of our culture who who use this to exploit um situations uh you know and we have patients and people who are sick i i I just thought that was despicable you know when when you when you when you play those games and and a lot of it went on but it goes i think ultimately it goes to us as people to always think think what is true what is right what is honest and trustworthy it's the verse in philippians right you know think on these things thinks think what is true and reliable and that Ultimately, that always brings you to God. It yep. always brings you to God. It brings you to Scripture, um, it, and it's comforting. Well, you know what? I thank you, Tim. I, I thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and, and just for being a good friend through the years. And, uh, you know, I tell you, 
I, I think it's the simplest advice you ended with. Uh, seek the truth. Seek God. Know what he says. Enjoy him. Enjoy each other. I'm Dave Wager, and this has been Younger Older with Dave and Tim. Uh, see you next time. <laughs>